Blog Talk Radio. We separate ourselves from the mother Barbers think they sweet in these CO streets Come on suckers, man your razor game's weak I shouldn't see blood trickling down his cheek 3719 South High Street Come get your head right, these barbers are trying to eat Just ask the top when you call the shop We get all the kids fresh, even mom and pop how much they charge for that cut? A quarter, man, your barber better off with Nikki D's taking orders. Old school, new school, need a cut, yo. No burn, baby, burn, we got that cool touch, bro. Let me tighten up that hawk and shape up the throw. One of the coldest in the O. In case you didn't know, here we go. Time to over your artiste in the place. Messing with them butchers, it ain't safe. So make your skin taste. Rashes on the masses, bumps from dirty razors. Man, them clients hate ya. Cool Rizzy Blazehead, snuff said Barber's mad cause they fake game's dead I got one in the chair but you next in line Man I cut the whole city, I'm out here on my grind And I'm one of O-State's finest You rewind this, BZ's behind me BZ, BZ, get cut, get cut Southside, get right, get right Put out the cuts that excite the city streets Get mad tips, fresh cuts on all my peeps A nice cut ain't cheap Some barbers whack too much rosé And loud packs make them slack My cuts are all that Get turned up, make that appointment Get GQ'd up Clippers on respect, I demand it Slip and break the 11th commandment Thou shalt not mess with unlicensed barbers Don't say I didn't warn you when they drop ya I'll fix for you, no problem Come on, come in, have a seat Or Clippers stay on Get cut quick and fresh Straight razor the edge There will be no mistakes Now you know who to come see Barber Zone Barber Rand, Barber Own, Barber Zone Chop it, cut some daily I'm Cool Ray, a.k.a. Alva Bailey What up, Chop? Oil scene got him glistening Shimmering, see bus thanks for listening I get it in Come get a cut, man Barber Zone Get right, get right Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Barber Zone Blog Talk Radio Show. The Barber Zone with the host, Chavez Bowman, right here, coming from the Barber Zone Barber Studio, 3719 South High Street, right here on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, welcome to another show. We're here Monday evening. Uh, we moved the show to Monday evening. Um, found out. Shot was a little bit too hectic, a lot of more traffic than it was when we started doing the show. So to bring you uh, the best show, the best timing, where, you know, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, we've moved it back to 9 p.m. So hopefully that works with everyone's schedule. But for everyone that's listening and tuning into the show, welcome to In Barber Zone with Chavez Moment. Uh, the call in to tap into our topic today is 347-637-3850. We're here on another Dr. King holiday, so we say 
happy birthday, and thank you to Dr. King as we celebrate his birthday on this uh, 16th of January. All right, y'all, we're going to uh, we're gonna do uh, the name of the show is How Has Dr. King's Dream Affected Your Life or Affected Your Business or uh, Affected Anything That You Do? So we're going to see if we can get some callers on the line and let, them know, let us know how Dr. King's vision has um, impacted their lives and, you know, business decisions on schooling, education. We're going to see uh, what we can get on the line today, see if we don't have those problems that we were having with the, with the switchboard like we had here a little bit ago. So we're going to go on and, and see what we can get on the show tonight. Let's see here. All right. Yes, Barbazone Radio. Find us on blogtalkradio.com slash barbazone. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Also, you know, friend us, uh, check out the official Barbazone website, which is barbazone.org. Check us out for the updates, what's going on in barbering um, shows, make appointments. You can you can order products. You can pay with your credit card for the cuts and services that you get. Be sure to check us out, barberzone.org, the official spot for barbering. All right, y'all, let's see. Dr. King's birthday. We're going to see if we, if I can get my earpiece together and act like it didn't want to connect earlier so we can see what we can do. Uh, so I'll have to hold this phone. But um, Dr. King's birthday, you know, this is very, very important in, in, in the civil rights era started, you know, fighting for equality for not just black people, but all individuals. So see see who we can get on the line, see if we can get a a array of individuals. Let them know black, white, whatever it may be, to see if we can get see how we can get um some thoughts on how Dr. King's struggle and his fight for nonviolence affected any anybody's lives out here. So we're gonna see. Um Computer still like the switchboard is still acting up, so we're gonna see if we can refresh it a little bit. So, all right, y'all. Dr. King's dream, man. What was it? 1963 when he gave his "I Have a Dream" speech, which changed it all up. You guys, let let America know that. Things were going to change. They weren't going to be the same way as they were. But as we tried to make this change, we were going to do it in a nonviolent way. We were going to attempt to do it in a nonviolent way. Sit-ins and boycotts and strikes. But the powers that be didn't want it to happen that way. They, you know, made it into into a violent thing. So, you know, Dr. King and the rest of the individuals that were out there that gave their lives and and gave up their their homes and their cities and their communities and their comfort to fight for what we have right now. But then we got individuals that don't even care, don't even respect that enough to say hello to one another, to shake somebody's hand. So is that what Dr. Kingdom really was fighting for? So but we're not gonna talk about talk about it on that level. We're gonna talk about it on how on how his dream, how his fight, how his struggle positively 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 affected individuals' lives. 
as far as mine, um, I'm going to use myself, for example. Um, I am a child of desegregation here in the south side of Columbus. We're here in Columbus, Ohio, part of desegregation, where I was, what was it, 79, 78, 79, segregation started. I got bus from school that was in my community to a school that was on the other side of town, which was at that time before we went, which was predominantly white. The school I went to was predominantly black. So we were forced to integrate from one side of town to the other, and that's what happened. It was uh, We were forced to go to a school called Scioto Trail. I actually lived right behind the school, but I was forced to go to another school because of this, this this new desegregation, bringing individuals together of different cultures and different way of lives to see how we were going to get along and if we could get along. So uh, it was kind of rough when we first got there, you know, little fights, little skirmishes from, you know, from both sides. Uh, individuals didn't want us coming into their area, felt like we were invading their school and their area and their neighborhood, and we were just there for education. So it was kind of rough at the beginning, but after a while, everybody came together, found out, hey, we're all in together, man. We got, we got to work through this thing together, and we did. Ended up being, you know, ended up not being so bad. You know, we got to see the way other individuals lived and the other the way other individuals got to, you know, educated in their family life and everything, which was uh, some parts kind of different than what we were used to. So, you know, we, had, you know, black parents raised their, their kids a little bit different than white parents did. So, but it didn't matter to us. We were young. We were we were, you know, I played sports. I was in the Boy Scouts, so had a lot of interaction with individuals of other races, and it really didn't make a difference to me, you know, when we played sports. As long as we, long as we won, I didn't care who was on my team. I didn't care if you were black or you were white. If we, you know, in the Boy Scouts, in a little event, and we had to come together, I didn't care what you were. I didn't care if you were black or white, but let's get it done. So now, find myself going to another school after that, which was a predominantly white school, which we say we said, you know, we were sent to the other side of the tracks, which basically we were, but, you know, that was that was part of the movement. So we had to, we had to do what we had to do. So it worked out good, y'all. Um, ended up being more well, well-rounded. You know, now I'm able to Interact with all races, all you know, all religions and everything. Because of that, you know, I, I'm not just limited to my neighborhood, my race, you know, my ethnicity. Um, I was I, I was able to um, work, work work alongside with black and whites and Mexicans and everything. So it turned out to be real good. So the Dr. King's dream was the desegregation here that we had in in, 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 in in Columbus, Ohio. And with that, with Dr. King's dream, with that desegregation that happened with us back in, you know, 78, 79, now me owning a barbershop 
I always said I wanted to own a barbershop in my community. Now I have a barbershop on the same street of the school where I was bused to, where we were part of that desegregation. A lot of people ask me, Yo, why why you put your barbershop out there on South High Street? Why you put it out there in Great Southern, man? There's a whole bunch of white people out there. You know, ain't a whole bunch of brothers. This is what I know. This is what I grew up with. I grew up with all these white people. You know, these are the people I went to high school with. A lot of these kids are kids of individuals I went to high school with, black and white. So there was a need for a barbershop in the area, and I was able to do it. So in that way, Dr. King's dream has helped me open a business in an area that was predominantly white in the 70s. So now we're here in this in this whole 2012, and, you know, y'all, my, my, my clientele is, is, is 50-50, white and black. So... No, it, it 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 worked out good. It was it was kind of rough at the beginning getting used to it, but now worked out real good economically. It's worked out real good business wise. Education, you know, after after going to you know the mixed schools and uh, desegregated schools and everything, I ended up going to a, going to a historically black college, Central State University. Where I was, I was amongst my people. And, you know, that was a that was a great experience after coming from, you know, what I went to in in in, in college. You know, it gave you a more sense of you know sense of pride in yourself and you know where you came from, and it was a beautiful thing. So as you know, growing up, I've had it both both ways, integrated, and then I went to a school that was predominantly black. So. Dr. King's dream, Dr. King's fight, as many of you guys are, I'm a living example of it. So we're going to see. We've got to uh, see a few people coming in and out on uh, on the switchboard. We're going to see. Let's refresh it here, see who we've got on here. So, again, this is uh, In the Barber Zone with Chavez Moment, Barber Zone Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash barberzone. The call-in number is 347-637-3850. Press 1. Let me know that your voice wants to be heard on this Dr. King's holiday celebration. The top topic is how has Dr. King's fight affected your life? Let's see here. All right, let's see if we can... For some reason, man, I don't know why this switchboard does not want to act right. All right, y'all, if you're holding on, I, I, I'm getting to you here in a second. I'm not liking how this is working, but we're going to work through it. Let's see. All righty, all righty. All right, it's not working right. You know, devil working on us. devil's working on us, but we're going to work through it. Let's see. Yeah, back in 1963, August 28th, Dr. King was in Washington, D.C., delivered the I Have a Dream speech. One of the most famous speeches to, you know, ever be delivered. 
you know, with, with, with small quotes like, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they be will be judged where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. All right, in this day and age, are are, are we judged by the the color of our skin, or are we being judged by the content of our character? What you know? What is it you got? What's going on? How how are we how are we being treated now? Do any of us you know do do, do we act like you know we're supposed to be respected? Do we carry ourselves in that type of way? Head up, head high, respectable, respect your elders and the children, or are we just out here, you know, doing whatever we think we got to do? How is Dr. King's Fight, dream, and struggle affected your life. Look like we got a caller here on the line from the 281. Look like we're getting the switchboard together from the 281. Let's see if they want to enter the barber zone with Chavez moment. Who we got on the line from the 281? It's your main man, Mr. Cool Touch, Will Wilcox. Happy New Year's, brother. What's going on? What's going on, good brother? Happy New Year to you. You know, happy, happy Dr. King holiday to you. So, Good brother, tap in and, and tap in and, and, and let the world know how Dr. King's fight, vision, and dream has has impacted your life. Well, it's a great impact on my life because I'm from the, from Alabama. You know, when you're growing up in Mobile, you hear all the horror stories of black men walking down the street and being hung because you know they will say at a white woman, they look at a white woman, and uh, you know when you grow up around your grandparents and parents was born 1914, 1924. You understand the struggle on a different level. You understand not to make no excuses when you grow up in that state. You grow up on a whole different coast. So, therefore, for me, it impacted me not to make excuses. I understand that education is the key at a young age. So you just had had to get it because growing up in Alabama and places like Mississippi and uh, the South period, you know, it was, it was a whole different makeup dealing with racism, uh, you know, and lack of education and, you know, it's it's a big difference, but you know, it always Dr. King always motivated me to to do better and be the best man I could be and try to help out of my community. That's what it's about. My man, coming from that, see that that's what we need. We we need some individuals from the south because, well, with me being from the north, it was it, it was a little different. We didn't really get to see, you know, the 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 impact like that. And with me being born in in, in '69. I kind of, you know, I miss that. So I want to see if in some way we could get some individuals that's on here that that lived through it. But, you know, with you guys down south, I, it, I know it was totally different down here than us growing up up here up north. So, man. Yeah, the th- thing about the two of us, I think a lot of brothers don't really understand appreciation. When uh, they hear stories of the march, you have to go to places like Salem, Alabama, and it's, a 50, it's 50 miles from Selma to Montgomery. These people march 50 miles. To drive in a car 50 miles takes you an hour. So you imagine yeah. these people march that for our rights. And you got to realize America change, has changed a lot because we've only been voting since 1968, you know? Yeah. And all that took place right there in a little town called Selma and uh, right there by the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, when everybody see the, the, the uh, stories of the guys going across the bridge, the dogs attacking them. That's right there in Selma, Alabama. But at the same time, my bloodline relies in Canada, Alabama, where that's where they used to hide Morley the King, they had to keep the people from getting to him. That's where they called G's Bend. 
But <clears throat> I got to a lot of brothers get down to Alabama to Montgomery. They have a lot of different um, historical museums and markers that commemorate the struggle. And you, if you go see a drive down that route from Selma to Montgomery, you have a great appreciation for the march. Seeing the march and riding on that trail is a whole different story. Man, I do. I, I, I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine because I, I, I know just, just going down to the south and and like going this past year, going down to South South Carolina and and. Going down to Columbia and, and and riding down a little different, like uh, Colonel uh, what was it Colonel Wallace Road or Boulevard, just the sense that I get from being a free brother, you know, from up north, and just you know being down there, like wow, they really went on down here, you know, and with you know me being part of the from the um going to Central State up here, we had part of the Underground Railroad. So yeah. you know, we got we got a sense of that going on. You know, this is where they came to. This is where they stayed. This is where a lot of some of these a lot of these people died. You know, for our freedom. But then just the whole thing about you know the Dr. King march and how you know it just wasn't black people. A lot a lot of people don't realize it. But there were a lot of white individuals. Oh yeah, that, you, you had you that, had you had, you had it, 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 Yeah, no it, it just wasn't. You had, you had a lot of, you had a lot of Jewish, Jewish, uh, young Jewish people uh, that died right there in Mississippi when they had the, the murders of the four individuals. It was two Jewish guys and two black guys, and it was just wasn't blacks in the march. You had a lot of whites, a lot of different nationalities that came from up north, New York, Ohio, Chicago, come down to support the, uh, you know, the vision of Dr. King. So you know, it was it was a lot of people involved in the march. And uh, like I say, it was it, if you ever sit down and hear the grandparents and the uncles and even my mom, my mom was born in the 50s, she was part of the segregation when, you know, you might live on one side of town, but when they start integrating everything, they had to ride 20, 25 miles to go to school. When they went to school, people were spitting on them and they had to have security and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of crazy because we have brothers right now can go to school for uh, get education now with no hassle, and we can't even get them to go to school right now. And that's the funny thing. And that's the funny thing, brothers. They won't even go to school, bro. Really, you're not going to school when you got an opportunity to go for free. When you got all these people out here that could not go to school, now you have an opportunity to go and and be anything that you want to be. That's like think about it. When we was young, when we was little kids, what did what did everybody tell you could be? You could be you can, you can be anything president. but the president. <laughs> yeah, you can be anything can be but anything. the president. You can be the first dance, but I want to be president. No, you can't be president. And then you know, and then there was a few individuals that were you know your mom and dad and and you know the other strong you know individuals you had in your community. You can be whatever. You can be the first black president. But when you go to yeah. school, you can't Never be a president. That. You can be Never whatever. You can be a policeman, a fireman. You can be whatever. But you were never told that you could be the first black president. And it's, it's kind of ironic because I'm, I'm, I'm here in San Diego right now, and I remember the night that uh, Barack Obama won the election, and I remember riding on a trolley just for GP, coming from, you know, finishing my business administration degree at that time or whatever. And it was it was a it really made me feel good because when you come from Alabama and you have to deal with the racism 
on a level of where we had to deal with to see a, a brother become a president, it was unbelievable. You know, you, it's something you thought you'll never see. I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. Oh, me, me neither, brother. Not at all. A black man as president? It, it, it was hard for a black man to get in the White House, period. <laughs> but let alone yeah. be president of the free world? Come on, man. That don't happen. And, you know, like, like I tell people all the time, I, I think as parents, you know, we have to get back to the basics of teaching our kids about the, uh, black history and pride. Black history just can't be, uh, you know, which is the shortest month of the year, 28 days, 28 29 days, on the leap year, 29 on the leap year, you know what I'm saying? We have to get back to teaching basics to our kids and let them know that a lot of the patterns that was produced at the turn of the century was by black men. You know, we got to teach them about the Mazellans. Uh, different Mr. D. Hanson, the guy that discovered the North Pole. It's a lot of black things that a lot of things that blacks did that our kids don't know about because they're not gonna put them inside uh, 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 Ohio history book, Alabama history book. You know, you, you I remember growing up, we was kids. We might get a a paragraph from Martin Luther King and two sentences on on, on Malcolm X, and that was it. <laughs> you know, so parents have to really do their job, man, getting back to teaching our kids. And keep, Self-pride in history, man, you know? Oh, all day. Hey, bro, I'll I, I be trying to, to, to preach it to the kids here, you know, here in the barbershop and everything. So, we, hey, you got you to gotta know where you came from, man, So before you know where you're going. And I learned something today, bro, I, that the, the the first official sit-ins weren't down there in, 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 in Alabama and Georgia and all of that. The first official yeah. cities were were in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. The first official city was in Wichita, Kansas. You know, when, when, when we think about the struggle and the fight, a lot of people don't even think about Kansas. I know, no, I, know, I, know I, no, I know I've never thought about Kansas. It's always, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, all those those yeah, areas. You know, but people, people, have to, think people about can't forget. Kansas. People can't forget places like Maryland, also. You know, places like Maryland played a major role for you know starting the black colleges and different things like that. But like I say, when you grew up in Alabama, in Alabama had the most historical black college in the state in America. So like I say, Alabama is a whole different entity, entity within itself, for as uh, the, the you know for the history. You know, they had a lady called the G's building quilters. They go around the country showing out quilts. And, you know, that's that's a very historical moment also. And that's uh, a, a, a lot of great things that blacks, like, you know, we even have a brother from my, my hometown, the guy that made the Super Soaker. You know, we look at the yeah. Super Soaker as, as a toy. We just play with it as a kid, but as a, a brother from Mobile, Alabama <laughs> that invented that toy, you know. And it's a lot of black uh, engineers that went to Alabama A&M, went to Tuskegee, all these different schools or whatever, that help create a lot of the uh, things that's out there on the market right now. But you'll never oh, yeah. see their name on it because of the, they're going to get a credit to the bigger companies. So, you know, exactly. it's, just, it's, just a matter, it's just a matter because of being back to the companies. They were working for the companies. They were working for the companies because I, I had I – had I had a uh, professor professor when we was at Central State. He created sunlight disc detergent. That yeah. whole lot, that whole little sun, that that whole little line. He created that. But since he was working at the company, 
the company gets the, the the credit and they get the 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 patent and all of this, but he he still does somehow have some information with his name on it. But as a whole, it shows up as a company. Exactly. Like, wow, how does that happen, bro? So like I said, you know, it's it just like I said. My, I, you know, I think if you really get back to teaching the kids, and I, and I was, it was funny that I was talking to a brother named Bob Beckhoven, uh in the men's locker room in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, me and Bob had an extensive conversation about speaking about the the black church and the black barbers the community, and I think it's very, it's very important that black barbers start getting back to the uh, looking a certain way teaching the kids, treating the kids a certain way, and teaching them about being a young man. Because a lot of the things that's learned is you learn in the barbershop because there's a lot of single-parent single homes now. So, therefore, you know, I, I go to barbershops throughout the country, and I, I teach kids how to tie their tie for the first time. We're talking about 15, 15 on young men. Never tied a tie before. And, you know, you oh, Will, you still there? Uh, Looked like he dropped off. Looked like he dropped off. Hey, Will, give us a call back if you can get a chance. We appreciate that knowledge. But, yeah, more more on what he was saying. Yeah, in the barbershop, that's what we got to do. We got to carry on this thing of of um, being strong mentors in the neighborhood and in our community because, like, like Will said, there's a lack of strong black role models in our neighborhoods, in our schools, it, it, it makes no sense for me to walk up in a in a school, and I don't see. We're not just going to talk about black men. We're just going to talk about men. Period. As educators, so how how are men? How are young boys supposed to grow up and be strong men and strong leaders when they don't see any leaders? When they don't see any, any, any positive images of men? of black men, how are you supposed to grow up and be that way? If you don't see it, you never imagine it. You know, when we grew, when we were growing up, you you were told you could be president, but you, you never thought you could be president because you didn't see any presidents. You didn't see that. But as, you know, we were allowed to educate ourselves and we were allowed to attend some of these colleges, not just historically black colleges, but, um, Ivy League and and white universities, we were able to obtain those the, 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 those positions and that status of president and vice president and CEO and CFO and you know sit on the sit on the board and and become you know speakers and things like that. Now, young men were able to see that. I was able to see that. So when I was growing up. I didn't want to be a follower. I wanted to be the president of the association. I, I might end up being the vice president, but I started out trying to be the president. I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be in the leadership role, not just a follower. Like every everybody else allows stuff to happen and then complain about it when it happens. So, no. So, look like we got Will back on the line. So, we're going to get him back on here so he can drop some of that down south knowledge on him. But, y'all, y'all in the Barber Zone with Chavez Moment right here on Blog Talk Radio. The number is 347-637-3850. Press 1 to let me know that you want to say something. See, we got a couple of people on there, but it looks like they, they don't want to say anything. They just want to listen. I'm sorry, listen. So, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. 
become a friend on uh, follow us on Twitter also, become a friend on Facebook and you know, hit us up on LinkedIn and check out the official the official Barberzone website which is barberzone.org. It's spot for all the barber information. So all right, we're gonna bring my man Will back on. Let's see if we can get him back on, man. I'll the switchboard been acting crazy. Let's see. All right, good brother. Welcome back, man. I see you dropped off. I don't know what happened. Yeah, you know, team over, bro. <laughs> I need, need AT and T in my life. So, yeah, what, what I'm saying, I think, like I said, we got we got to get back to the basics in the barbershops of teaching young brothers about grooming techniques, how to look professional. We get kids go to a, a job interview after we cut their hair. They got these cubes and corners in their ear. They're not gonna get a job with that stuff in their ear. They don't, but they don't know any better. So therefore, there's a lot of balls we have to play a farther role. But to a lot to a lot of the clients that's out there in the game, because I hang out in a barbershop pretty much every day, you know, and I travel the country. I'm in all all barbershops from Vegas, uh, all the way over to New York, barber battles, hair shows, or whatever. And I just tell all my barbers we just have to bring it back to the professional level, and you know, be a father figure to these kids. Because a lot of a lot of times, you know, words can be like hands; either they can help or they can hurt, you know. And it's very important for brothers to you know get back to teaching young brothers about being men because you never know what words you might give to them that might inspire them to change their life. And the thing about it, if you, you're around more positivity, you'll do more positive things. And the thing about it, you know, a lot of kids, they want to emulate, you know, a lot of the rappers and the different people they see on TV, they'll never touch these people in their life, a lot of them. But at the same time, you go to your barbershop every week or every two weeks to touch to, 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 to your barber, you know? Exactly, man, and it's crazy how we, we've got these young boys that their only image of positivity—well, I ain't gonna say positivity—their only images on on how to be a man or how to be black they find on TV, B B T M T V. Their pants, the pants hanging down, and you know, skinny jeans, and you know, pants to their knees, and all that crazy stuff, whatever. So, you know, I don't knock nobody for what they do, but. To me, that's not. You know, I hate to see forty-year-old men want to walk around with skinny jeans on, with your pants back. That's, to me, that's like a, that's like a disgrace to people like the Malcolm X's, Martin Luther Kings, because these guys look so sharp and so presentable. These guys were gentlemen at all costs. You know what I mean? And you just have to you just have to get out here today and make it happen, man. But like I say, I, I believe I live by the code: each one teach one. And if if I don't know something, I'm gonna put my put my people on it up on it, and I ain't charging you a quarter to learn, you know, because somebody told me something one day, you know. But we everybody got to stop, you know, the individualism. Everybody got the I factor. You know, you have to work together because you look at the other communities, you got people come to this country every day, and they passing us up, man, at a rapid rate, at a rapid rate because they're working together. It's not, they, yeah. it's not that they're smarter than us. It's that they understand the team and unity concept. And you look at how the blacks lived back in the 60s, you might have four or five black, you know, to at least two, three families to each house. But each individual left the house, the car was paid for, and they'll go straight from there to get a, a house. Look at the Mexican-Americans, they're doing it right now. They, they're using the same philosophy blacks used back in the 50s and the 60s. So not just that, you know, we have to get back to the uh, the village concept. You know, our village is, is, is slowly decaying, you know, because, the kids, the kids are only gonna learn what they taught, man. You, you don't teach. They don't, they're not learning anything. They, they don't know anything, man. You know. 
Bruh, I, I was talking about that today. <clears throat> the, the village, the village is not the village concept is not there no more. I mean, you know, you can move to a neighborhood now, Chavez, and it's sad. You know, you don't even know your neighbors anymore. Look, man, I, I lived in Katy out, out in the birds in Houston, and you know, when I first moved to the neighborhood, all you seen was blinds moving. Nobody helped me come move a lamp, a couch, nothing. You know, because you know what neighborhood I was in. I'm out in the birds, so hey, really, yeah. I'm unaccepted out there. But at the same time. You know, sometimes it's good to keep your kids grounded in certain areas because they move. You moving your kids out of out of our village into somebody else's village, and you got to realize the other village is not going to treat that raise our kids, treat our kids like they treat their own kids. You understand? Not at so all. That, that, therefore, therefore, you got to take your kids back to the village so they can feel the love and warmth of their own community also. Because you can take a kid out to the burbs or whatever, but they don't understand the real struggle of life. Because if a kid grew up in a certain neighborhood, they think the whole neighborhood looked like their neighborhood. My daughter raised out here in San Diego, but I, I felt like, to me, Alabama was like a brother like Malcolm X going to Mecca. That was my Mecca. That was home for me. So when I would go yeah. home, I would take my daughter back to Alabama and say, look, it ain't no palm trees down in Alabama. There's <laughs> pine trees down here. It's real life down here. My daughter never seen a housing project before until she went to Alabama. She and never she seen pie holes in the street. Exactly. It's a different world living in San. You gotta realize San Diego. San Diego had 38 murders for the whole year, for the whole county of San Diego. I live in Mobile, Alabama. We might we got we didn't had six in the last two weeks already. Already. I'm I'm talking. We in San Diego, major city, no housing projects. So if a child grew up in an area like this, they think the whole world looked like this. That's just like you take a kid in the ghetto. He want he want to know how the other side of town look because he never been there. I remember, I remember going to Prospect all in Cleveland. I used to be over in, in Columbus, all in Dublin, and I would meet brothers that was from Ohio, and I'd be like, "Man, you ever go to Columbus? Man, what I'm going to Columbus for? Ain't no white people up there." I could be in New, I could be in New Orleans. I had people in New Orleans. <clears throat> I never went across the bridge. Yeah. I never went to the West Bank. It's, it's yeah. like I try to tell people: please educate your kid on Black history. Please let them travel. Let them see something different because if they stuck in their environment. They become a product of the environment. They only they only gonna do what they know. Get them get them get them culturally diversified. Put them put them with some other people so they can they can know how to interact with everybody. And that's the reason why I mean you can put me in the, in an office uh, all, all white office, the only brother at the lab, and I can hold Been it there. down with no problem. <laughs> Been the there. Only the, the only brother there. The, the, the only brother. The only melanin in the building. And, and, and look, and, and look, and I'm still will. I ain't changed, yeah. you know. I ain't gonna get no tight pants, no none of that. I'm still will. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I ain't gonna cover my, ain't gonna cover my, my manhood to fit in with nobody. I'm me. Just accept me or not, you know. Hey, that's what it's for. That, that's what it is. Don't don't change yourself to 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 do that. Just be you and be able to adapt to the situation. Don't change who you are. That ain't that that, that wasn't part of the uh that ain't what part of Dr. King was talking about. He no. Accept me for who I am. But when exactly. you but no but no when you go in that door to speak to that white man, you gotta be able to speak to that white man on in, his level in an educated way. <clears throat> on exactly. his level. On his on, on his terms. Exactly. Then once once he find out that you can speak to him on his terms, 
then you're able to get in and do what you can, what you can do. But he got to know that from the beginning. This, they call us brothers now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but this nigga, no, because, bro, I, I've been there, you know, being in the office, be the only brother in the whole office. And what they expect us to be, they expect us to be lazy, loud, yeah, uneducated. Yeah, and you got to realize, you know, I, did, I served time in the military, you know. I remember my first my first tour of duty in the military. I was out, I was out in Cali, and I met a young white lady, and what she said to me was real talk. She said, look, I'm from Oregon. I never seen a, a black person until I came to the military. The only images I saw of blacks was like on shows like Cops. Yeah, I seen the Huxles. That was it. But you got to realize media portrayed us as, as wild, savage beasts. And so, therefore, yeah. when white people interact with us, they they, they kind of be like shocked if you can sit down with them and converse, not conversate. If you can sit down and converse with them and use probably mm-hmm. English and different things like that and use all these big words like cantankerous and all this kind of stuff, whatever, they'd be shocked <laughs> to hear a brother speak speak good English, you know? And, speak and, and the king's sort of English. Uh, exactly. So, like I try to tell a lot of people all the time, when you when you travel the world, it broaden your horizons and make you look at life different. It make you appreciate life on a whole different level. And I remember going to the places like Trinidad. I haven't been in places, certain parts of Mexico. I haven't been across seas, certain places where they run up to a black man and rub his skin, see if his skin changes color. So like I said, brothers go brothers get treated like royalty outside of America. But at the same oh, time, man. while we while we, while we here, we have, like I said, I tell people it's, it's bigger than me. I represent my not just myself. I represent my family. I represent my neighborhood. I represent my race. Because you'll never see me at a show disrespecting no one. Period. I try to work with all the barbers, all the stylists. I don't care if you're a little shop, small shop, or whatever. That's about working together. You know. I work with the big names in the in the game. The guys with the Andy's team. You know, my man Kamal. I've been antique barber. I work with a lot of people, but at the same time. I get calls from all time of night, and I'm just a down-to-earth dude. And that's how you have to carry yourself in this game, be humble. And, you know, like I say, you know, and I'm, you know, working with you is, is, a, is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys embrace me in a barbering game. You know, I don't I don't have clippers in my hand, but you guys embrace me just like I'm a barber. And I show you guys love just like you guys show me love. You know what I'm saying? Man. <laughs> Bro, you know the, the 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 good barber love barber love. When when you know good people, you know good people. I'm like this man. I don't care who you are, and from like we talking about this whole this whole Dr. King thing, bro. I I don't care who you are, what you're doing, as long as you respect the people and you're doing things the right way, dude. We can we can get out all day, but when you start with that ignorance because of somebody's somebody's skin, somebody's education. Somebody's financial situation. No, man, I, I I can't roll with you like that because that's not only that, that's not only Doctor King teaching. That's 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 Jesus's teaching. Come on, man, you can't you can't you can't just be discriminating against people. Same, just same about like I said, the most discriminating going on in America now is among blacks themselves. We discriminate against each other because of who had the type of what money. You know, brothers, with, I wear, I, I, I might wear a, a ball fade. You wear dress. I got a problem with brothers. You know, you know, we we get mad at each other over, over stuff like. Stuff. I'm talking about. We we find we we more. I mean, bro, I'm talking about. We still on color, and we talking about we we black people. We you telling me it's 2012. We still on 
dark skinned brothers against light skinned brothers? Come on, man. You know? <laughs> this is 2012, man. We need to get past that. Is it even all in the barber game, you know? East Coast, West Coast barbers. Man, come on, man. We barbers. You got barbers. <laughs> you said East Coast, you said East Coast West yeah, Coast barbers. You got, yeah, you got down south barbers on like barbers on the east coast and all this kind of stuff. At the same time, bro, your clip and your clippers turn on. You, look, your clippers turn on just like the next man. You got you got you some BGRVs or some walls, yeah. seniors or whatever. Your clippers don't do nothing. That the next man clippers don't do. It's all about yeah, your, hard, your, your, your craft. It's all about work. It's all about working. About work at the about your work ethic at the end of the day. How you take exactly. care of your customer. How you build your clientele and stuff like that. But like I said, we have too much, you know, my man Daryl Dahl say, we got too much clipper hating in the game. If, 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 too if much clipper start, if, if, if start working together and start getting our own products, let's stop, you know, a lot of a lot of the, the big major companies in the game, they're getting rich in a, in a barbering game off barbers. When barbers come out with a new product, oh, the yeah, first thing something they do, they, they, bring them out, they bring them out to the barbershops, and the barbershops make these products popular. Well, why can't I get 20 to 30 black barbers to sit down with me? I'm working with a lab. Let us come up with our own products and, and keep money in-house. You know, we run out yeah. there buying products that, that's watered down, that don't work with black skin, and <laughs> and and we, and we hey, spend Will, money with these a, people. Dude, hey, we talk about this all the time, man. We Hey, Will. I got you in two weeks or so, man. That's a whole. That's a whole. Oh, that's all. Okay, okay. We're talking about the dream, but, baby. It's all about the dream. It's all about the dream. Hey, but but that's what it is. Us being able to come together with our own products and do that type of thing. Yeah. That's a, that's what Dr. King's dream is about. All of us coming together, white, black, Mexican, whatever, whatever race, coming together collectively and making the world better. If we're not doing that, what are we doing? If you're not doing that, if you're not trying to make this world better than it was yesterday, what are you doing? Are you just trying to make some money? You, 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 you're trying to get some, you know, you're trying to get some joints or something? What, what is it? So yeah, for real. Yeah, we, let's, let's, we got we got to we got to do better, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, we got we 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 got a caller calling from the four four three. Let's see who we got on the line with us today. Let's see if we can get them tapped. Switchboard is, is working right. I see you calling from the four four three. I'm trying to trying to see if we can get this switchboard right one time. I don't know. I'm just trying to get on the GPS. What are you doing? Yeah, I do. Go back to the front. Yeah, Carl. I don't want you to wait for another one. Oh man, it didn't. Uh, we think it didn't lost the connection here, but we're gonna we're gonna get and see if we can get them back in here. I, I had to move the laptop a little bit and look like it. Disconnected, but all right, y'all, bear with me, bear with me here. We gonna we gonna get this together. Let's see here. You know this Wi-Fi, this Wi-Fi is like it don't want to work sometimes. But y'all, y'all listening in, in in the barber zone with with your man Chavez moment right here. Blog Talk Radio number three four seven six three seven three eight five zero. We're talking today on, on, on this Dr. King holiday celebration. How has Dr. King's how has Dr. King's dream affected, you know, helped your business, your life, your relationships. So it was like we let me see, we're trying to get this uh 
trying to get this switchboard pulled back up so we can get these callers. I know we got a caller from the 443. You know, bear, bear with me here. The technology sometimes don't want to do what we want it to do, so we're going to see if we can get this back. All right, caller from the 443. Welcome to In the Barber Zone. Who we got on the line with us today? Brother Shabazz, how are you? How are you feeling today? It's Benny the Barber. Uh, Oh, uh, Benny the Barber, what, what's going on, good brother? Appreciate you tapping into the you show. Doing? Uh, I'm all right. Huh? Beautiful this evening, man. Um, hey, Benny, take a, take a second, man. You know, welcome to the show. Uh, let everybody know who you are, you know, where you at, and then tap into, you know, how, how Dr. King's fight, how, how his dream, you know, the whole struggle, how, how that's how that's affected your life or your business, man. Well, um, Actually, I'm Benny the Barber from down Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and the way the way that the way that Dr. King is really, really, I've seen him. I've seen things progress, especially with uh, with 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 President Obama being president. Something that a lot of people never thought they were going to do. I know um, Al Sharpton and 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 and. Uh, um, um, Jesse Jackson tried, but Obama actually succeeded in it. And um, I appreciate the brother. I walk with the brother. I fight with the brother. I fight for the brother. Um, the unity that we that we fought for back that that Martin Luther King fought fought for, I don't think it's there like it should be. The, I, I believe we had more unity back in those days than we have. Right now to this day, and and for me, I don't understand why. But me myself personally, I, I believe in order to change the dream, you have to actually be willing to be a part of the dream. So exactly, you have to get in there and actually build it brick by brick, by or or should I say, person by person. So with me standing behind that chair every day, the the the, the focus and the goal is to to help my clients see the rights and the wrongs, the do's and the don'ts, and maybe find another way out of whatever struggle they might be in. You know, exactly. I mean, because us as barbers, we psychiatrists as well. Exactly. You know, so the, 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 the thing is, is what kind of um, what kind of information are you feeding your clientele? You know, are you allowing them to, 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 to just see the world one way, or do you help them – Help them envision the world in another in another way in another aspect that they never even thought existed. You know, do they do you do you do you talk to them about current events or just sports? Are you yeah, are, are you, you a part are you of the, the politics? The, the, this, the, this this the thing. Are you just in your barbershop just bumping BET all day, or do you turn it to CNN? Or you right. know, or are, are, are you watching news? You know, are you? Uh, right. You know, and, and, and me with my shop, I let people know is is, and I see I got my man Big Rob. I, I see you, Big Rob. Press one so I can get you on the line. But with my shop, I've got I, I've got diversity. My clientele is fifty fifty, white and black, fifty fifty. So my whole thing is like like I was saying earlier with the whole Dr. King vision. I'm part of I'm part of I'm part of segregation. Where we was, well, you know, where we was taken from my neighborhood school, and we was bused to the other side of town to the white school, forcing us to, you know, integrate with the white folks. So mm-hmm. now, when I go to open my barbershop, where am I going to open my barbershop? But what I know, 
I know right. integration. You know, I, I I did work in some quote unquote hood barbershops <clears throat> because mm-hmm. they were where the black folks live, but it is quote unquote hood. But my clientele was still mixture. You know, mm-hmm. all, all type of cultures, and with barbers, we gotta y'all, we gotta edu- educate ourselves that we don't only have black clientele. You gotta mm-hmm. be able to cut, educate, motivate, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. conversate with all realms of people. Right. I just I, I just heard of a barbershop that they put in a predominantly white area that they don't cut straight hair. How are you in a barbershop in a predominantly white area, but you don't cut straight hair, and barbers are leaving because they 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 not making money, but you're in a predominantly white area. Yeah, right. you know, right. we we, we, we got to get better. We got to get better. And the thing is, well, see, you, we got to these young boys. What it is? These young boys right now have never gone through the struggle. You know, right. I, I, right. I, I I come I come from where they call you. Nigga and, and and boy and little colored boy when we was young. So I felt that these brothers ain't never really felt that. Everything has already been segregated for them, so they don't know what right. it is. So y'all, hey, uh, hold, hold on, Ben and, and Will. I got my man Big Rob coming on the line, man. And this brother, and, and this brother is from a place, man, where I never ever imagined myself being. This guy is, is this guy is from Des Moines, Iowa. I never right. ever imagined in my life that I would go to Iowa because you know when we think about Iowa, we thinking of, we think about the the Republican caucus and and the state for all the elections and everything you see there is white. But I got to go and hang out with my man Big Rob and show me a whole. I got a whole different respect for Iowa now. So Big mm. Rob. Welcome to End the Barber Zone with, with, with your man, Chavez, man. Hey, take a second out. We got a few more minutes left in the show. Let the people know who you are, man, and how Dr. King's vision and fight has affected your life, man, being you in a place like Des Moines, Iowa, bro. What's up, y'all? Um, thanks, Chavez. Now, now uh, yeah, what you what you saying, Chavez, uh, that's real tough. Um. <clears throat> Being in Iowa and growing up in Iowa is completely different than uh, growing up somewhere like where y'all where y'all where y'all grew up at. You know, it's it's completely the opposite. You know what I mean? So dealing with all that races and you know and all that uh you know black and white issues is uh it's 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 deep. You know, so my thing is uh. When when I grew up, uh, you know what I'm saying, it was like, uh, you know, I didn't really look at it like a, a white and black thing because it wasn't really put as, it was it was there, you know what I'm saying, but we didn't we didn't pick up onto that when we was like you know 12 and 13, then it was like you know the blacks sat at the at the table with the blacks and you know what I'm saying, you know it was even like the nerds sat at the table with the nerds, you know, yeah, but uh. With uh, Martin Luther King, man, and it, it, it ain't it ain't get deep until like high school, until like until I wanted to know, you know what I'm saying, like who I am. So you said, so, so, so you said basically, at, 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 at growing up, you, you really didn't have the the, the yeah, because my the race my, my thing, best, because that that's how it was. You it was you, you, no, don't get me wrong. Like 
it was there. You know what I'm saying? Like what you yeah. said earlier, like being called a nigga, you know, all that. But, like, at the same time, around the corner, my best friend was a white dude. But as we yeah. get older, you know what I'm saying, like, as a kid, you don't really look at it like that because you don't know no better. Yeah. But as you get older, you know what I'm saying, you, you figure out to and, find and, out and, and, where your place is at. start you know? putting them stipulations on you. Exactly, exactly. You know what? And you, you don't know, you know what, guys? And you don't understand I, until you go get that first job. That you don't understand really exactly. until you go get that first job at sixteen, mm-hmm. and you try to get that job, and they turn you away because you're black. Right, all right, right. right. You, all you know what? like this. I like you know being in my position. You go talk to the white girl, and the white girl will be like, "Nah, I can't talk to you because my parents say <laughs> that you're black." So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like being in Iowa is different. You know what I mean? Where. Wow. Okay, cause I'm not, I guess Hello. Wow, that is different. That is different. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can take it even one step further, bro. I grew up, I grew up on a black, white neighborhood. Everywhere my street was black. Everything around the corner was white. Yeah. But, wow. Right. Wow. Wow. But, but at the, you know what though? When I when I moved to the city, moved to Minneapolis, it was a culture shock. It was like. It's like I've been missing this, you know what I'm saying? And even in school, they taught you black things like Juneteenth. I didn't know about Juneteenth until I was like 16, dog. Now it was because I went to all black school when I moved to Minneapolis. But when I moved out there, it was just like it was just like you know, like I said, I've been around white people all my life when I was younger. And when I get older, you know what I'm saying? It's like. For somebody like me, I'm missing all this, you know what I mean? So it's like, for yeah, somebody yeah. that's been in my shoes, it's like, you want to be around. Like, so, so, like when I go to Atlanta and Brother Brothers and you know those black folks, I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so you, you know what, guys? I, I, I'm hearing your experiences, right? And I'm from Baltimore. And we're, we're I'm, I'm from Baltimore City. And we're predominantly black. City. Right. You, you know see, what I mean? But see, I don't know we, we about had, that. We had, you know what I mean? We had our, we, we had our, we had our, our boundaries, but that was before yeah. I got there. We had our boundaries, and when I say boundaries, we had, we had, uh, um, uh, we had neighborhoods, we had the projects, projects. You couldn't come across a certain, certain street or a certain neighborhood, and or else, or else the white boys would run you. I've heard these stories. I've never, I've never experienced these stories. You know, so I, I really, I don't get it, but I get it. I understand it because yes, I have been called a nigger. I have been, you know, disrespected. But at, at at some point, it became, you know what? You're a human being. I'm a human being. We do this together. So let's let's work together and see what we can come to to get a conclusion. But outside of that. No, I, I, you guys are really opening my eyes to some things that were still going on around. I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm still, I'm, I, I, I think I'm, I'm still a young guy, and, and we still in a young. How old are you? Hey, hey Ben, how old city. are you? I'm 35. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm, 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 I'm 42. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm 38. I'm, see, see, I'm, I'm 38, but I've been out of high school 20 years, so everybody came yeah. out with me is like 40. And the thing about it, I was in Philadelphia, and I used to go hang out in Baltimore. So I can uh-huh. relate to my man. I used to go to the Harbor Fences, 
I used to live in Virginia Beach, live in Norfolk through the Navy, and it was a different See, see that's the all different places you live. That's all black. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know. And, 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 yeah. and see, that's different. That, that's different from like like where I live. Like you got you, you got. Uh, I hear clients come in and and they say, like the little area, uh, Hamilton Township is, is is a little county that that's little area right next to where I'm at. Um, Hamilton Township, bro. Where we went. It was a street called Parsons where my old shop used to be. You go down to Parsons to Obes Road and make a right at, at at the recreation center going on the South High Street where my shop is now. You didn't go past Obes Road because if you did, you were going in, in, in the Hamilton Township, which was all white, and the sheriff was waiting there for you. Wow. And if you went too far, the sheriff would stop you. What are you doing here? You know, the, the, wow. it was only it was only a handful of black people in Hamilton, in Hamilton Township, and one of them was my cousin, and the other two families we went to church with. So wow. I would go say, I'm going to see such and such. Oh, okay. If not, I had to turn around, or they were searching you. And for 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 me to hear clients, hear black clients talk about, yeah, I live in, in, in Hamilton Meadows, or my kid is a star at Hamilton Township High School. I'm like, excuse me, your kids go wow. where? Yeah, the Hamilton Township. I'm like, yo, do y'all realize that we could not go there? Uh, that yeah. uh, and, and a lot of these people's houses just have been built in the last ten years. Like, yo, wow. ten years ago, you couldn't live where you were living. No. And so it looks like wow, how far we come. You, it's you, funny you, you say that because it's the same way in Texas. You go, man, well, Beyonce and all them live at my homeboy's a doctor over there. In that area, and and if you if you go to that area, the cops will pull you over. They be like, you know, you over here to see somebody. You're like, man, what, what, why why you got to ask me all that? But that's it's, it's still a nature of the beast in certain wow. areas down south. You know what I mean? Wow. So like, well, like I'm from Alabama. You got neighborhoods in Alabama. Black people wouldn't even step foot in a place like Theodore, Alabama. Even back when I left high school, ninety one, they had a black guy sitting in the car with a white young lady. In '91, and a guy walked into the truck and, and, and shot the guy in the truck. We talking about 1991. I was leaving wow. high school. So, yeah. but you got black people living these areas. Now. And you know, you know what's so crazy about the South, though. I was talking to my peoples. They they say that I don't know if this is true or not, but she she was telling me that in certain parts of the South that they're still not able to vote today. I'm like, I see you're right. Wow, I've 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 heard I've heard that I've heard that on the Michael Basin show. Um, yeah, that in certain that, parts of uh, the South that it, they're still not allowed to vote. And uh, uh, you want to hear something even crazier? Now I've heard I've heard this a thousand times over the years, and um, I I I I still don't get it. I think I understand it, but I don't get it. But in Baltimore, like I said, we're predominantly black city, right? Exactly. I've heard I've heard people say, I'm not giving these white folks my city. I'm saying I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here until they move me out. I've heard that a million times. They're and I doing never it too. understood it. I, I never just, understood how territorial it was until I, after I, tell you, I really exactly started looking at doing. the map. That's everywhere, but it's all across, across America. It's called the and new matter, development. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you all something right now. I'm, I'm in a city called San Diego. They call San Diego America's finest city. Now, if y'all think I'm lying, I want y'all to come out here to San Diego and you get a chance to take a trip. 
or go on Facebook when I upload these pictures or whatever. San Diego don't have no housing projects. They don't have 38 murders last year. Whole county of San Diego. They making every city look like San Diego. They moving all the black people out of the inner city, putting them back out in the county, and they they taking over back downtown again. Now. I don't care if you're going to Alabama. I don't care if you go to St. Louis. That's, that's, that's the new development. In Columbus also. They doing that. They doing that. They've been doing They've been doing it since 1999. That's all I do is travel. Every major city you go to, they're doing this in every major city. I don't care if Jacksonville, Florida. Atlanta, look at Atlanta. All the black people say, well, I live in Atlanta. Nah, bro, you don't live in Atlanta. You live in Decatur. You live in Atlanta. You live in Atlanta. You live in Atlanta. You live in Atlanta. They live outside Atlanta. Atlanta. But look back in the 1990s. You look at every city, every downtown. What was outside of this downtown area? Either the projects, the hood, or the black community. Now, when yeah, you well, you're it, right. Now, now when you go look at it, I'm, I, I agree with you, brother. If you travel a lot, you see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But now, when you look at it, you look at condos, lofts. And that's what they did here. That's exactly. I'm gonna tell y'all. Yeah, I've been to Chicago. New York, San Diego, California. It's all the same effect. San Diego, California is called America's finest city. They're tearing out all the housing projects across America. They're moving all the black people out into the county. The whites are coming back into the city. You understand? Uh-huh. And, and, and that's, that's funny you said that. I was just talking to some brothers today that were from yeah. Chicago, and they were talking about how, you know, the old <clears throat> ever-famous Cabrini Greens and all those, yeah, all those gone, projects man, man. that we heard. They said all that is gone. I'm like, huh? huh? Yeah, all that is yeah, gone, gone, and they moving all the black people out to the, like you say, to the out county. To the, suburbs, to the, the county. Thing about it, this just haven't started, bro. This has been going on since 1998. I'm gonna be honest with you. With with the Lafayette project, they tore down. They 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 still moved the black people back in, but what they did, they gave them the choice to purchase homes, and they gave them mm-hmm. the choice to to, to do Section Eight on others. They they tore down flag projects, which was if if uh, uh, the brother, I don't know who you are. Uh, I don't I don't remember what your name is, and I don't think I I heard the name that said that you had been to Baltimore. You know that's like. Three or four blocks away from downtown Baltimore. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know whole Baltimore. I know, I know the whole area. I know the whole area. Right. So, so they they blew them up back in the nineties, and 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 they built uh they built built condominiums. They bought built townhouses and put them right over all there. Of that. And then they took it all. They they just the whole Harbor East. They just they just start building condominiums and and you seen hotels come up out of nowhere and uh, man. I tell you, it's, it's it's a sight to see some of the things that I see. And when you guys talk about when you talk about how how Martin Luther King has has really um, affected me, well, I'm a, I'm gonna explain something to you. Uh, it, it's gotten me to look at the world a whole nother way. And Facebook, I hate I, I know I know this is not a kind of off topic, but it's not. Facebook has helped me reach out to a lot of folks. 
you know, even you, brother Shabbat, uh, Shabbat. Oh yeah. We've we've talked we've talked a million times, and actually, I've actually thought about coming up to see you. You know, I mean, you're not that far. You're about six, seven hours away from about me. About six hours, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've thought about that, and 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 maybe some of the other brothers that that are into in the game, just give me a reason to get out of my town just to see what it is. You know. Exactly, and, and, and find out what it is that 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 I'm missing out on, or what it is that that might show me how fortunate I am to be where I am, so that I don't I don't get into that complacent or that 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 neglecting state of of not teaching my people the right way to go. Yeah, and you got you, you know got I mean? you got you got to get out to see you you got to get out to see how the rest of the world is living. So, like you right. said. You can you can you can appreciate what you have, and then you can mm-hmm. see you can appreciate what you do have, but then you can see mm-hmm. what you're what, what you're neglecting or you're lacking in your area. That's and, like and, and there's a vouch for me, man. I swear, man, for the barbershops all over the country. I don't care if it's my man Calvin Hudson out in Vegas mm-hmm. at Classic Cuts, as, you mm-hmm. know, in L.A., Vegas, Houston, <clears throat> Alabama. There's no shops, pretty much. I work with my man Angelo Richardson. Over in Maryland, so I got ball mm-hmm. with my man Mike down in D.C. I got mm-hmm. my man Wanze Poole in Philly. I got I got ballers everywhere that I work with. And mm-hmm. when I basically when I show up at their shop, they be like, "Wow, will you be everywhere?" And what they do is give me a chance to give a feedback on what we need to work work on as ballers. What I see right. in, in the game, you know, because everybody have different views of life anyway. But at the right. same time, right. we can always we we can always find a common goal to work together. And that's what it's exactly. about trying to find a it's all, it's goal, all, it's always about making trying to come and go. And check this and, and y'all and this is a funny thing. I I went to when I went to Iowa to, to, to Big Rob's the the Big Rob show. He showed me so much love, but but here's the one here's the one thing, man. When I got the when I got to Iowa, it was like being at home. It was a diversity. And and, and, and and barbers, here's what we need. You gotta be able to take you gotta be able to cut everything and be able exactly. to get into a situation and fit in. Cause Big Rob, cause I, I got there with Big Rob and I'm in Big Rob's shop like man, this is like at the crib. Big Rob had white dudes and Mexican dudes and the Africans and everybody <laughs> coming in the shop. And and, and and he like and now this is right here where I could have I, I could have shot myself in the foot if I if I wasn't prepared. Big Rob like, hey Viz, I gotta do this running around a little bit. He said, hey man, why don't you just jump in and cut somebody's head? Dude, I'm telling you, I, 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 I cut two black dudes, I cut two white dudes, and I cut two Mexicans. If I wasn't on my game, Big Rob would have hey Big Rob would have shot me all the way out the water because he's like, this my man from Ohio, celebrity barber. And now, about got there and not being able to talk to them white dudes and relate to them and cut their hair the way they wanted it. But being able to diversify yourself, barbers, all the way across the road, you can do that. That was crazy. I'm like, man, I'm like, look at this, look at this, look at Big Rob just set me up, man, just threw me right out here. <laughs> you got to post up that picture. Oh yeah, <laughs> hey man, but it's crazy. And, and but but one thing we was talking about uh, early on the show, uh, me and Will was talking about, uh, and, and I just thought about this: how 
back in back back in like seventy eight, what was it, seventy seven, seventy eight when we, we did the whole segregation thing when we were brought to the you know, when we were forced to go to the other side of the tracks where the white folks at. I just thought about something. Now my daughter is in is 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 in one of the is one of in one of the top rated private schools in Ohio. She's like a handful a handful of, of, of young black and, and it's an all girls school. Private school. It's one of the top rated private schools in Ohio. She's in there with just a handful of other black girls. And now she's the oh. vice president of her tenth grade class. Hmm. In one of the top rated white schools in the in, 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 in the in, in the whole state. But twenty, thirty years ago, I'm in a school we the first we the first black to go into this school. Hmm. So now now you know, now look at this. I I I got a runner all over the city to to I mean, these are parts of the city that I've never seen in forty two years. But now that my daughter goes to these schools with these with these white individuals, these movers and these big movers and shakers and construction company owners and and, and all right, y'all heard of Value City, right? Y'all heard of Value City and, and, and Schottenstein and all of that. My daughter goes to school with with, with their grandkids. The whole Schottenstein, Value City, all that stuff, all these major nationwide type things. So I'm like, wow, how has Dr. King's dream and, and fight come through? It's come through like in my daughter. Now she's able to to rub elbows with the with the top. Okay, I'm gonna give you another one. Victoria's Secrets, the limited brand, the Lex Wexner. She goes to yeah. school with his granddaughter, so now she goes to their parties. Wow, wow! You know, I'm I'm taking wow. her to areas, and, 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 and you know, it's you know something about those those the the opportunity just to be able to be in that circle is is a great accomplishment. Oh, I mean, because it could open open her eyes to to things that that she probably never even thought were possible. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I mean, do amazing. Like, mean, like, like like this summer, like this summer, she went to. She went to the 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 was the National Equestrian Championships because one of her little friends is rides is equestrian rides horses so she's at the equestrian thing with 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 the little girl riding horses. Huh? <laughs> For real? And that's what we call next level. Yeah. Next level living. Yeah, that's a beautiful sight too. That's next level living. It's crazy, sight. like like wow. But hey, but 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 here's the thing. Here's the here's the crazy thing. And, and, and you know when when I go in and 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 I meet their fathers and 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 the little girls' parents and all of that stuff, all of them go in. Well, hi, I'm, I'm Doctor Such and So, and I'm Dennis Such and So, and I've got this law firm and this, that, and the other. And they say, Well, what do you do? I'm a barber. I own a barber shop. Oh, for real, dude. It's 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 it's, it's the the ultimate respect. Oh yeah, you own a barber shop. Oh, I'd love to come by. Can you cut my hair? Yeah, I can cut your hair. Come on by. I got you. Man. And, that, and, and then they're like, oh, wow. Come, basically, come on in. You're a professional. You know, you, 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 right. you've got a trade. Come on in. Right. No, I don't work at McDonald's. And no, I, I don't work for a temporary agency. No, I own a barbershop. Right, right. Wow. Right. 
Well, oh, and Dennis, we just love your daughter, and she's the greatest. She can come over anytime. We'll come get her. And wait a minute, y'all coming from New Albany? Now, now for 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 y'all that's that's not from the Columbus area, New Albany is Lex Wegner's the owner of the Victoria's Secret, the limited brand. He made his own city. He made his own city that's called New Albany. I'm talking about schools, everything. He's got his own. Dude, this dude has his own city. But but that's where that's where the majority of my the majority of my daughter's friends live. In his city, Easton. The, uh, if, if you heard of our Easton Town Center, that's his mall. He made a center and he made a city. Then he said, "I need a shopping complex. I need a shopping center to where my people that live in my city can shop." He created this. They got, they got, they got, they got, they got the nice, they got the nice big clock down there. Dude, everything. Wow. <laughs> I already know. I, I, I know. I know. I've I'm, I'm, I'm been there. Yeah, wow. this dude created. Wow. You know, he look, created look, his know. own city, bro. Man, man, I got to come visit definitely. some of you guys, man. Some of the stories I'm hearing right now, like wow, uh, I got yeah. to come 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 visit some of you guys, man, and, and check yeah. it out and, and, and find out what it's really about man, man, Like if you all you gotta do is call me and let me know where you're going. Yeah. I got a barber in every area, you know. Like we got a yeah. like we got a black dude named uh, Johnny Williams, man. This is what I'm talking about with Motor the King Vision. We got a black barber at the Bellagio. In Vegas, a brother, he cuts Wayne Brady, Phil Ivey, real good yep. guy. This guy at the Bellagio. Now, not only he's at the Bellagio, he was the employee of the year at the Bellagio. That has never been done in history hotel chain where you got a black man employee of the year. Not only that, bro, he was a barber. That's the reason why I be going hard on my, but my guys got the magazine. We're around here writing about some barber chairs. We got barbers out here making history. It's history, yeah. bro. Uh, a black barber was the employee, the employee yeah. at a major hotel chain, the Bellagio. That's never been done before. Yeah. Anytime you hear a player of the year at a hotel chain, usually you hear some type of management or something like that. Never. Yeah. You're never thinking to be a barber. Johnny Williams, the uh-huh. president of the Shave out in Las Vegas. Good brother, down to earth. I got a chance to meet a man. Johnny talked to me once a month. Good guy. Yeah, and he, wow. he's doing it, man. But that's but that's Dr. King's vision. Us, that's us, us barbers saying. being yeah. being able to go to wherever we need to be and do whatever we need to do and fit right in. And you know, hey, I'm walking right up in this white spot, but I'm about to bring these clippers and I'm about to get these white boys right. And now y'all got to pay me for my services. But the whole over time you gonna respect over, me over hundred grand, over hundred grand, respect yeah. my trade. Yeah, respect exactly. me, respect my trade. Hey, 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 brother Ben. Hey, hey yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. You being for, and I, I've been to Baltimore and DC and all of that. So I, you know, I went to I went to college with some cats that out there. So, bro, yeah. you going? I'm telling you, if you would have went to Iowa where I went with with Big Rob, dude, culture shot for you. Yeah, culture. I'm 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 telling you, bro. <laughs> complete culture shot. Wow. You would have wow. been sitting there like, why? But me being me being from Columbus, Ohio, being part of segregation and all of that, mm-hmm. I sit right in there. Like, boom! I, I, I'm used uh, to all these. I'm used to the white people like this on the on the. I, I'm not saying that you don't, but I'm talking about far as the way it went down. Like, wow! Yeah, don't 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 get me don't don't get me twisted, man. I I can I can 
I can flow with the best of them no matter what environment. I'm oh, no, in. I but, uh, no, I, but, uh, I'm not saying that you can't, uh, but, but just see the way things went down. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, I, I understand. I understand. I, I got to I gotta be honest with you now. I can do straight hair, but I'm not. Some of the styles now, I'm not familiar with all of the lingo, but if, oh, you, yeah. if you show me once, I might can, I, 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 oh, can, yeah. I can tear something up, you know. But I do a little straight hair. I do the... I do the I do the the flat tops. The hey, hey, man! It's, 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 all, it's funny. Uh, it's funny we talking about this right now because I I tell people all the time. I say, you know, I, I live in Houston. All uh-huh. the Mexican kids they want they want Southside fades, man. The yeah, Mexican they kids they, they want Southside fades. Yeah. You know oh yeah, the white kids so, all day. They 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 want the fades all day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, hey! And I'm telling you, hey, it's 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 man. Here's the crazy thing. So walk through the airport, you know, when I come through, I, I got my clipper cases, I got my barber stuff on and, and, and the barber's on cat. To walk through the airport and you the only brother in the airport. Oh, yeah, I know how it is. You trust me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, on a plane. Man, hey, no, I, I, I'm, I'm talking to Ben. Ben, dude, yeah, when you yeah. go to the airport, <laughs> yeah, you're the yeah. only brother. Always a brother. Something we go through. <laughs> nah. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. I mean, the where, only, where brother, I was the only brother on the plane, man. The, yeah. I mean, in the airport, I'm standing there like, why? I, I'm, I'm looking for a brother to get a head nod. And what's up, bro? There was near brother in the airport. <laughs> nah, so then, then you, then you look, then you, then you're a brother like my size. I remember going to the airport in St. Louis. A little girl, a little girl thought I was London Fletcher. And I took because I had a football in my hand. The old old school football player Bobby Humphreys played for Alabama. He played with the Broncos. He, signed, yeah. he gave me a, he gave me a football. So I'm coming through the airport in St. Louis, and a little girl said, "You so okay? You can tell me who you are. You London Fletcher." I said, "Baby, I'm not London Fletcher." That's when I was coming from Cali. I was I was you know really into the different weights at that time. But so if you're a black man, you come through the airport, bro. They think you're a professional football player. They don't. They don't know if you're a businessman or whatever. They just they think I'm a rapper. Think they, 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 they think I'm a rapper or something. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but every day I got on say barber. But uh, are you a rapper? No, I'm not a rapper, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, fellas, it's, it's, it's we got a couple more minutes, man. We're gonna go ahead and, and wrap this show up because you know we we could talk about this all night. But y'all. Y'all been listening to in the, in the Barber Zone with Chavez moment right here on Blog Talk Radio. The number was 347-637-3850. You can always go back to blogtalkradio.com slash barberzone to hear, uh, hear the show anytime on demand. So, y'all, until next week, hey, I, I appreciate you guys coming on Big Rob, man, Benz, and, and, you know, we'll always appreciate y'all brothers and Barber Love. So next week, check us out. Same time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This your man, Chavez Mama. We signing off from in the Barber Zone. Hey, y'all. Just because it's, it's not Dr. Dr. King holiday tomorrow or the rest of the year, hey, still, we got to fight for equality, man. We we, we got to be better than we were yesterday. Hey, love somebody. Bless somebody. So you can be blessed, man. That's what we got to do. It's not all about Dr. King's vision, but the vision and the commandments that God gave us. So that's that's all Dr. King was doing. He was just doing God's work. So, y'all, let's continue to do that. Let's be better than we were yesterday. Barbara Love, and we see y'all next week. All right, bro. Y'all, uh, peace to all y'all, brothers. All right.
All right, you too, now. Y'all can find me on Facebook, too. Find me on Facebook under Will Wilcox. Y'all always Will Cox, I think I got you already. Yeah, yeah, W-I-L-L-W-I-L-C-O-S on the product, dude. So, okay. I save him cream, take bumps off your face in five minutes. I'm Mr. Cool right. Touch. Get, y'all make sure y'all get the antiseptics. Remember the motto. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Alcohol, 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 Hey, we're right, doing no that show in a couple weeks, right, right before the Brownie Brothers show. No so, doubt, all right, no y'all, doubt. next week, hey, we'll we'll talk this week, and, and, and Ben's most definitely will get together, man. Barbara, love to y'all. Hey, all we'll right. air next week, y'all. Peace. All right. All right.